0: Where does that come from for you? Like, did you just grow up and, you know, just you were born and as soon as you could figure it out, you're like, I'm just going to give to everybody I know. Or was it something that was ingrained into you? Like, where do you feel like you, that really took off for you?
1: probably probably, in, in another great question, but more later in my life. I feel like I was growing up, my mother always probably wanted that and wanted, you know, Frankie. You know, my mom calls me Frankie. She calls me Frankie baby. So the, that all comes from her. But I think my mom wanted that from me. I think as I grew up and through my teens and and earlier on in my life, I don't think that, that any of that came out. I think I was, and even a part of my story is I was very, I felt like I was very selfish. Uh, I didn't give back. I did a lot of me, 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 me stuff. And I, you know, probably... In um, you know my mid thirties, I'm 43 now. So my mid thirties, I started to kind of look at things differently and appreciate stuff more, and appreciate what people did for me, and and want to. I started to get things in life where um, I remember where I came from too. So then I was like, well, now I need to give back. You know, don't forget where you came from, type of mentality. So honestly, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, it could have been a different, I, I probably wouldn't have been on your show and we wouldn't have been talking because I, I was probably in a different mindset.
0: Welcome to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. Join Ryan as he speaks with top business leaders and influencers. And hear how they've mastered the art of authenticity to achieve all that they dreamed of. As you hear from these leaders, seek not only to be inspired by their authenticity, but to strive for and master your own. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Podcast. Uh, It's not called The Podcast, but that just seems to be the regular way and easy way to to open it up. Uh, That said, uh, I'm really stoked today uh, for a couple of reasons. One is because uh, every so often I am introduced to connect to somebody that I just and immediately intrigued by and interested in. And so uh, that's this guest today. Uh, But beyond that, um, uh, he's somebody that I admire that I've just been really, really excited to dig farther into uh, kind of his life, his story. And uh, it's so interesting because Um, As you see him, there is so much more than meets the eye. And so I'm just really pumped uh, because uh, for the last two years, I've known Frank. Frank Mengert is the founder and creative visionary of EBM. Um, We met online, LinkedIn, through some similar circles. Uh, Met in person in Vegas uh, just over two years ago now at a uh, health insurance and employee benefits event event. And from that point forward, I've just grown to more affectionate for him. And so, Frank, I'm pumped, man. Thanks so much for coming on. and awesome. I'm
1: I'm more excited now than I was after that intro. So appreciate that. I'm really excited to be here.
0: <laughs> okay, so I uh, it, this has been a long time coming. I mean, you know, <clears throat> obviously, you know, we connected. I don't know, probably sometime late 2000s. 18, or maybe uh, sometime in 2018. Uh, And uh, so you know, immediately there, I just think just, you know, started having some good conversation. Um, we recorded some content together all the way back in Vegas, which you were super kind to be able to do. I feel like I have been chasing you down for about the last year, trying to get you back on here. Uh, but then I guess that just goes to show how busy you are. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> while I say founder and creative visionary of EBM, which is an employee benefits consulting firm uh, on the benefits administration side, and we can expand more into that, that. I know that's not all you do. So why don't you give everybody a a kind of a brief rundown. And again, I should say too that, you know, for circles that we run in together, so in employee benefits, everybody knows you, uh, which is super cool. But there's a lot of people listening that have nothing to do with insurance. And so uh, explaining some of what you do, I think will be helpful to some people too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm so stoked to, to even be you know, introduced to your audience and folks. Of, of course, that's great if you know me. And, and if you don't, um, you know, yeah, by day and in, in my you know sort of career, I guess, what I do uh, to, to make money is um, I run a national employee benefits firm called EBM. I've uh, been doing that for a while, love it. Um, started my fifth company this year, which is a real estate company, but uh, EBM was uh, my fourth been very lots of fun ups and downs so that's that's you know my kind of my main hustle right there um but uh yeah I mean I love I love life uh I do I, I keep myself pretty busy because I'm a super active guy and I just love I, I, what's next and, and how can I how can I keep things going and, and better myself so um yeah family guy uh, I got an eight-year- old daughter uh, married to my wife Danielle and uh, we've been married now for 13 years this month so uh exciting awesome. times there. And um yeah, live in uh, Connecticut. We're, we're from Connecticut, originally from Hollywood, Florida. and just yeah, just I'm telling you every day I, I say this, I wake up inspired to be a better version of myself. So to hear you say, you know that you, you met me and, and things, yeah, two years, it seems like a while ago when we recorded in Vegas and uh, and a lot's happened since then. So so yeah. definitely exciting and, and, and really cool to, to get to get to do this.
0: So, so, so people can kind of, uh, you know, uh, hear a little bit of the more than meets the eye, <clears throat> a part of my story. I think that, you know, I, I'm just one one judge of character in the midst of, you know, millions and millions of people that run around this country. Um, <clears throat> but I remember connecting with you online, and you are a good-looking, well put together dude. You're in really good shape. You always are wearing all these really cool t-shirts. East Coast dude, you know, you just you come across very confident. And some people, maybe, and, and I didn't necessarily feel this way, but could be either intimidated by or kind of put off by the fact that you are just like so well together and you just speak very confidently and wouldn't understand, I think, the genuineness and kindness behind who you are. And so the first time that I got to see that, and I've mentioned this before to you and in other <clears throat> uh, kind of environments, but so everybody here can hear. Uh, so I was in Vegas to speak at an event, uh, and uh, Frank was speaking there as well. And I uh, was getting ready to go speak, and Frank came up to me. And again, we had just been connected online, met in person for the first time that day. And he said, "Hey, are you recording your session? Because they're not recording your sessions." And I said, "No, I'm just, you know, going to go up there and, and and do it." And he goes, "Well, I brought a camera, and I'll set it up, and I'll record for you, and then I'll send it to you later." And so. He's there to do his own gig, he's there to meet his own people, to serve his own clients. He's there with his equipment for himself. He's not like he's a professional videographer by trade. And yet he set it up, he captured, he recorded. You know, it was just, Frank, to me, like that was such a a gesture of, again, just this genuineness and kindness that I don't think most people would uh, assume of anybody really, but definitely somebody like you that is just, again, so well put together, you know, they could be just like, oh, you know, he's kind of in his own world. And so I just really appreciate that in anybody, but that impacted me in ways that not many people have that I've met online and then later met in person. So I wanted you to know that publicly, but I also wanted other people to hear that because again, like social media, it's too easy to make Judgment based upon what we see or even hear, uh, and we don't take time to get to know kind of what's below the surface. Um, so That was something that I wanted to share. And it was actually funny. I was watching, I know you're in the midst of doing the 10 tips for 10 days on LinkedIn right now. And today I saw your video. It may have been yesterday's or this morning's, but you said something to the effect of, I still make mistakes. I don't have it all together. And so again, like you are not just pandering to the crowd when you say that stuff. So I appreciate that about you. And I am really interested to know, like, do you feel that tension yourself where maybe some people make an assumption about you because you're successful or because the way you look or you're buff and you wear t-shirts. Like, I don't know. Like, do you feel that from people from time to time?
1: Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's really cool that you bring this up because I think perception is something that is no matter where it is, whether it's, it's, it's me being, you know, a victim of perception or me, you know, perceiving something on someone else. I think we see a lot of what we want to see or what's shared or whatever it is. We look at someone and, you know, for example, for me, yeah, I, I wear, when we go to events, I usually don't have a suit and a tie on. I've got a t-shirt on and, you know, I might wear some flashy sneakers or something, but that's that's me, that's, I'm not doing it because I, I'm trying to draw attention. That's the type of person that I am. And I, I, that's just just how I dress. So, but if someone sees me, you know, yeah they may think like, oh, you know, whatever they may think they uh, And I always say, people are gonna love me or they're gonna hate me. I think if people give me a chance They'll love me um, because what you said is 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 really true. Like I I don't I, I want to be able to help when I can. Um I don't think I'm a jerk. You know, maybe I could be a jerk sometimes, but I think I'm a really given person. What you talked about with the with the video thing, funny, funny piece of that is that I recorded your session um and my battery died and I couldn't record my own session. Um, so, but I mean, it, it's okay. I wasn't mad. I was like, Oh, I should have never get Ryan's. I should have never did that. Like it didn't even occur to me. I was just like, no, no big deal, whatever. People get a couple of pictures, whatever. And when I did that for you, it wasn't like I was, you know, yeah, I'm glad that y- you said that because I did it because I did it. No other reason at all. And, and yeah, we were you know, basically strangers. Um, but I felt like it was a good thing to do and I would have wanted somebody to do that for me. So, so really glad you brought it up, but yeah, that's, that's. I think we can all give a little more, um, and, yes. and give too, without without wanting something in return. I think is is very you know something that we can all learn from. So yeah. So the perception thing, Um, I feel bad for people who make a judgment on someone based on how they look or something like that. You know, you you see someone for three seconds, and you you already have assumed something or formed an opinion. And even on on videos, someone may watch. Uh, one of my videos and, and and come to an opinion about me and who I am. And you don't even know me. Um, yep. Even though I am the person that I am on the video, there's different messaging that I do. And, and if you've been anyone who's been following me for a long time and watching my content would, I, I think, have a better opinion of me than someone who just saw a 30 second clip of me.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, Where do you feel like or do you know I mean where does that come from for you like did you just grow up and you know just you were born and as soon as you could figure it out you're like I'm just going to give to everybody I know or was it something that was ingrained into you like where do you feel like you that really took off for you
1: probably probably, in, in another great question, but more later in my life. I feel like I was growing up, my mother always probably wanted that and wanted, you know, Frankie. You know, my mom calls me Frankie. She calls me Frankie baby. So the, that all comes from her. But I think my mom wanted that from me. I think as I grew up and through my teens and and earlier on in my life, I don't think that, that any of that came out. I think I was, and even a part of my story is I was very, I felt like I was very selfish. Uh, I didn't give back. I did a lot of me, 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 me stuff. And I, you know, probably, in um, you know my mid30s I'm 43 now so my mid30s I started to kind of look at things differently and appreciate stuff more and appreciate what people did for me and, and want to I started to get things in life where um, I remember where I came from too so then I was like, well now I need to give back you know don't forget where you came from type of mentality. So honestly you know 10 years ago, It could have been a different. I I probably wouldn't have been on your show and we wouldn't have been talking because I I was probably in a different mindset.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you know, I I think that that seems to be a lot of people's story um you know there there's definitely those outliers that they've been that way their whole life but i do feel like it's it's either somebody coming to an understanding of who they are and recognizing they're not happy with that person like today you're wearing a shirt that says be you you matter you know it's like this idea of you know i i need to figure out who i am you know it's a message i preach all the time and, and but and, until we really understand who we are, all we're doing is creating these images that we think, you know, other people want to see or maybe it's, you know, the, the negative sides of us that are coming out and that's not who we're proud to be. So I just feel like there's always things that are influencing, influencing us along the way and then all of a sudden we come to this place. Um, <clears throat> So when, when did the, so you're in five businesses today, which is crazy to think about, uh, but when did, when, when, and what was the first one uh, that you got going besides um, like the popsicle stand on the corner?
1: Yeah. So my first real business, not the, yeah, not the young side hustles, which I, I definitely was into, but um, I was working for a uh, I, 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 put myself through school, went to, um, and worked at, uh, at night, 11 o'clock to seven in the morning. I used to work at a paper mill, uh, went to school eight thirty to around four o'clock, slept for a little bit, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And they helped put me through school. They helped, they, they helped pay. I got academic scholarships and then I got some money from them. So it was a job that I, it wasn't the best job, but I appreciated the job because it gave me an opportunity to go to school because I would have never had that opportunity. And I thought, that okay they've helped put me through school they you know there's like a thing of five you know you have to stay with us for five years uh, or you have to pay the money back so I was like they're not going to let me go so I can work my way up to the front and I worked in the back we made photographic paper and I figured I'd go work in the front office with all the suit and tie people and one day I went into work and um I got laid off uh, out of the blue. I just got laid off kind of blindsided and was sent home with two weeks severance and and no prospects at all. And um, I had a degree in computer science. I, that's my degree is computer science. So at the time I was kind of dabbling with um, fixing computers and doing some stuff, but really, you know, wasn't making money. I was doing it for fun and trying to you know hone my craft. And but, but that kind of expedited things. I think I made a decision where I was like, "Do I go try to find another job, or do I want to try to see if I can do this on my own and create my own business and turn you know, this little side hustle I had going to a main hustle?" And I, I made the, the risk. I was like, "I'm gonna, if, I'm gonna give it a shot. Why not?" Um, and it was a lot harder than I thought. I probably. And you know, I started this company um, and it was called Praetorian. I called the first company, the name was called Praetorian Technologies, which was probably, I was into the medieval Praetor Guard, all this stuff. And, and I thought it was cool, but no one knew what the heck it was. Um, so for about six months after explaining to people what I tried to do, then I would try to have them, you know, purchase my services, my IT services, and it took so long. And then I, I made a name change and I called it IT solutions. Now you got information technology solutions. People understood what that meant right away, logo, all this stuff. And then probably another six months went by where it was a struggle. I'd say the first 13, 14 months, you know, made a little bit of money, but not enough for our, you know, I was like, kind of like, I'm, I might need to give this up. And then, um, around that mark, maybe after my first year into my second year, I landed my first big client and a recurring revenue client. It was just like, yes, this is great. And then it just, things started to slowly happen after that and you get some clients and you get some referrals and you start doing a great job. And so that was my first company. Um, in the middle of that, I started a second company, a uh, Connecticut and security and surveillance. So I started a security and surveillance company that did alarms, um, TVs, access control, and I was doing. It was took off pretty well. Really, ended some big clients, and um, one major client that I had. We were doing stuff all up and down the East Coast um, for daycare centers, and. They basically, and I was, you know, just, I guess, naive, young. This was in early, you know, in the 2000s, around 2005, 2006. um, Didn't really, I was, I started my first company kind of out of a spare bedroom. And then this company here was basically doing the same thing. Um, Didn't have any contracts in place with this, with this firm. They took all my ideas. They took my vendors, Uh, my equipment. They took everything, everything that I did, that I did in all these schools, they basically took it and fired me and they were my oh. biggest client um so that was a big it, it was a lot that was a loser there so it was a company that i learned a lot though um and then my third company was a i wanted to do um Maintenance on um, commercial buildings. So, commercial buildings, you figure you're, you're like me now, a business owner, but uh, you, I own a commercial building, but you need someone who's going to come in, like the all in one. Okay, we do your HVAC, we do your plumbing. So, you get the one person to call all the resources r- you need. So, I thought it was a great idea because I knew a couple people that own businesses and I figured uh, buildings and I figured it would be great to have this kind of concept. And it it failed from the beginning. No one wanted it and people didn't want to deal with having multiple contracts and paying and it just didn't work out. Again, a failure, but I learned a lot because there was, you need to have a need. You you have to, clients need to want to buy what you have to sell (laughs) (laughs) to open up a business. Um, yeah and then EBM which is still going strong now which is my baby for sure my most successful company by far uh, we're national and just really you know it's great team great people I get to work with and then yeah this year in the pandemic I opened up i've always wanted to I've opened up a, a commercial real estate holding company bought my first commercial building which was a massive investment but a risk um, and it's yeah, you know, we'll see how things go. I, I want to do more, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's my fifth company, and I, I've I've had wow. some wins, I've had some losses, but I, I, the big thing is I've learned a lot. Uh, I don't regret the decisions I've made. I, I've learned from them. I think I, you know I'll never make them again. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, through all of that, like it, it just in in the kind of the business effort and endeavor that you've had along, way, what do you think you're most proud of? I mean, I know you said that like EBM is really successful. Obviously, I mean, you know, the familiar, familiarity I have with the insurance space, everybody, you know, everybody knows about you um, or has some familiarity with, you know, who you are. So like that's an accomplishment. But for you yourself, like over the last, you know, five companies, it sounds like about. 15 years or so, what do you, what do you really take away as this is what I'm most proud of professionally?
1: Uh, I mean, from a professional standpoint, when I, when I, when I think of like, when I look around and whether it was a winning company or a losing company, but where I'm at, when you look at it from a professional standpoint, I just, I feel accomplished that I've actually done something I've done. You know, there's a sign, I think yeah right here, it says prove, prove them wrong. I have that there because I've heard no so many times where people tell me you're not going to do that, you will never this, and even when I started EBM, people were hanging up on me. They're like, "No, we don't want it. This is a dumb idea. It's a bad concept." So, what I, I feel accomplished that I didn't listen to that. I didn't let the noise get into my head, and and I just kept moving on and kind of stayed focused on what I uh, me. I know what I want to do. I know what I'm trying to achieve, um, and and I feel like I've 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 done pretty well. And, um, and, and if I think if I were to listen to a lot of people along the way, I probably wouldn't be standing here right now. So, um, so yeah, I feel like I've, I'm, I, I'm most proud of the fact that I, I, I've made the bet on myself a hundred times and, uh, and, and I, I seem to be a winner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So where, where does that confidence come from? Like, you know, I'm going to make my decision. I'm going to stick to it. I know that's not ignorance, but like, where is that confidence coming from that causes you to see something, to go after it and, and to throw everything you can at it?
1: Yeah. And that's probably something that either I had something born with me or my, the way my mother, my mother was a big impact on me growing up, but I feel like it was either this gene that I got or just my, you know, the influence from of my mother growing up. But I, since I was younger, I used to, I mean, you mentioned the, you know, uh, side hustles and stuff. I mean, I used to push the lawnmower around and, and mow, knock on people's lawns and mow their lawns. I used to sell candy at school. And I always, I just had this drive to want to, I want more. And, and it's always been in me. And I feel like I've never, even when I was younger, I, I've always kind of led my own path. You know, was people who, huh will follow the herd. Um, and and that's okay. There's people who, who should be following the herd. But then there's people who will deviate and just want to do their own thing. And, and again, you're going to win, you're going to lose, but you got to you make the decision and I'm the guy who wants to make the decisions.
0: Mm, that's awesome. Okay, so now I have an interesting question to kind of flip. <clears throat> so I have observed you, uh, particularly uh, through Instagram, I see uh, you're always sharing moments and memories with your daughter. Mm. And here you are, this uh, strong, confident guy uh, that has found success in life. Um, You are demonstrating a significant level of kindness and generosity. uh, And yet, in the world around us today, and, you know, I, I, I'm kind of like saying this, and going to ask this question because, you know, being a fellow uh, father to two girls, um, we now live in a society today that is literally just at war with itself, right? I mean, every way that we can undercut and destroy each other, whether it's through just social media and people hating on each other, though it's not all like that or the political divide, the cultural divide, like it's chaos. So as you look at your daughter, who I know can just feel and see that you just love and value so much, what do you ultimately want for her?
1: I want her to be like, like I want her to be able to make the decisions like, like I make. Like I tell you like, oh, okay, I, I've made my own decisions. I'm comfortable with them. I want her to have an environment where she's not afraid to be who she is, where she's not afraid to make decisions and fail. Um, and, and she's going to learn from them as well, but in uh, using her voice, and a lot of times when, when I was younger, I don't think I was very vocal about stuff. I would you know, not always, uh, especially with my parents or just in school, you know, kind of just let, I, I used to just, you know, not speak up for myself. Uh, and I think now things are changing. I think it's important that they're, that, our kids have a voice I feel like my daughter needs to be empowered to know when it's right you know what's right what's wrong and if you see something that's wrong you don't be afraid to open your mouth and and say no that's not right I don't stand for it and I've been trying to work on that basically her entire life but now as she's you know eight years old she's in third grade she's getting around other kids and 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 you know it there's there's other families and other parents that don't think the way we think. And I'm not saying our thinking is right, but their thinking is one way and our thinking is another way. And then the kids come to school and they're learning from their parents and, and, and whatever, it's a good habit, bad habit, but they, they clash. And then it's like, well, is my dad right? Or is, is her dad right? And it's kind of, you know, she needs to make those decisions for herself. Um, and that's what I want her to do. I want her to be able to weigh things out and, and know here, what's i need to make a decision on what's the right thing to do because i think as she gets older i mean another eight years from now she'll be 16 years old it's gonna look really crazy it's gonna look very different and and i want her to know that it's it's okay to open your mouth and it's okay to 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 say no you know and and be empowered to say yes as well
0: yeah gosh, it's so good. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I, uh, my oldest daughter's 18. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about voting for the first time, right. And again, like, you know, she's in and, and we are, I mean, it's, you know, everybody kind of knows who I am, you know, we're a fairly conservative family and faith drives so much of, you know, kind of how we make our decisions. And, uh, and yet, uh, you know, she's also very much influenced by the world of TikTok and Instagram not really Instagram it's not cool anymore but like so you know so that's driving her and so she's coming to me and she's you know she says i, I don't i don't know how to s- like to figure this all out, right? On one side I see this, on the other side, I hear this. And so as a parent, it could be really easy for me to say, okay, well, let me tell you what we think and what we believe. And what I'm trying to do is to get her to come to the conclusions herself, not to my conclusions, but to the to, to her to the confidence that her conclusion is the right one for herself. And that is so hard. But also, and I'm sure that you can take away from this too, like. I'm learning so much again about, you know, what it means to really think through every decision that we're making, because we're influencing them, we're influencing other people, and we're influencing ourselves, you know? No doubt. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and you're right. Yeah. I mean, at, at that, at, her, at,
1: at your daughter's age too, you know, she's at a definitely pivotal moment now at, at 8, 18, and there's some serious decisions that she has to make. And, and yeah, you want them to be hers, you know, not, don't make it based on what mom and dad, what they would think, you know, based on you're, you're making decisions now that are going to impact you. And then and, and you're going to have to make the, you make the right choice. Great. If not, then you learn what you did. You learn from the mistake. If you make one and you
0: move on. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Okay. So, um, you are showing up online a lot. Um, I mean, you're definitely, and I know the algorithms play into the things that we're attracted to, but every day um oh by the way i should ask so you were before i go into this you uh, were really active on instagram and all of a sudden one day your instagram disappeared oh man right? i know yeah what happened well i mean
1: and that's it's a good yeah it's not a good thing i'm really upset that it happened but um <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just rebuilding. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's okay. Another thing that I went through, I was so upset. I, and I had an Instagram account when in, I don't know, I was probably one of the you know earlier ones, but I have eight, nine years. I had an Instagram account, years of pictures. And when I first started using Instagram, most of it was memories and good times with the guys and family times and all these things. So I had a whole listing of, of pictures. It's just cool to scroll back and see memories. Like, you know, like Facebook will show you some of those rewinds and, um had a grew a, a de, pretty decent following and was interacting with a lot of people and one morning I tried to sign on and it said my account was uh restricted um and then I sent them a message and said why what did I do never got anything because I, I through so much research you find people get dinged for doing stuff and they warn you and you get you know soft bands and all these things nothing no never nothing and ever so they sent me an email right away and it's like oh this was done by accident you know your account will be reactive I'm like, all right, great. 24 hours go by, nothing. I send it again, same message. And then I find out like, okay, this is an automated reply. It must be some AI service scanning it. Lo and behold, I couldn't get a human being on Instagram. I tried reaching out to people that tried to reach out to Instagram for me, couldn't get nothing. So I was like, and, and a buddy of mine was like, well, just start a new one. And I'm like, God, I know it's such a pain in the butt, but I was like, you know, whatever, either stay off Instagram or I start a new account. So, um, so yeah, I started one from scratch uh, late July. I think I started a new account and I'm just, you know, slowly rebuilding.
0: Good gosh. Okay. So that sucks, but that's a really good lesson that we're going to, we'll talk about here in a couple of minutes, but okay. So that was there. Uh, You are investing a lot into LinkedIn's platform. Um, Obviously that's where we got connected. Um, And I know that it's been, I think only you said something like two years that you have just absolutely exploded uh, on LinkedIn and you're showing up every day, very consistently. Uh, And so why... um, what was that belief for you that LinkedIn was the right place for you? And just share a little bit about, you know, kind of what that journey's been like and why today you feel like it's still the right place for you or one of the right places for you to be.
1: Yeah. Uh, so LinkedIn, um, like a lot of people, you know, had I had my LinkedIn account, I think I got to like 2011, somewhere around there and and just, you know, showing up there and to you know, see what this was about. And I think I probably didn't log on for, or, you know, over the next, you know, Eight nine years, I probably logged on a couple <laughs> times to check it out, um, and then May, so May two thousand eighteen, I met uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and went to his. I had the opportunity to go to his office to sit with him and pick his brain, and that happened with his team. Um, so there's a thing called Four Ds. Uh, it's a program he has, um, and back in two thousand eighteen, there was an opportunity where they did a couple giveaways to get a, to be a part of Four Ds. And I was one of those people. Um, now, I think you have to pay like 15 grand to be part of 4Ds, but this was when it was like first started. Um, so yeah, really cool opportunity. Got to meet with him, sit there, I mean, pick his brain. And you now I wasn't doing anything recording. I wasn't doing anything, uh, but I just wanted to go there from a business perspective. You know, what am I doing right? How, what can I be doing? How do I grow? And how do I get to, you know, how do I continue to, to grow the company? And, um, and he told me it was funny cause he was like, you need to be on LinkedIn. He said, you know, go all in on LinkedIn and make video. He's like, it will change your life. Um, and I was like, yeah, like, you know, kind of like, okay, you know, it's Gary, it's, you see, I'm sure. But I yeah. was in my back of my head. I was like, I'm not make video. Like, who's going to listen to me? Who's was going to watch me. And that was, so that was May 9th, 2018. And I didn't put out my first video until sometime in November. So I didn't, you know, <laughs> even though it was Gary Vee, you know, at the time I was so invested in his content and everything. I, it, it, I didn't, I didn't really believe it. I didn't buy it. So it took me and I, if I would have done that, I mean, yeah, you know, I would have gotten a little bit of earlier traction, but I waited and, uh, but yeah, so I put out my first video. So next month, you know, somewhere around this time, I think it was November, early first week in November. I put out my first video in 2018. Um, Yeah, so yeah, so it's been almost two years.
0: And today, how do you view your approach to LinkedIn? Are I mean, are you? Is it personal brand focused? Is it trying to? uh, eventually drive people to one specific area or another, like what, why are you showing up every single day? And I mean, you're investing a lot. It's not just a three minute video. It's all the time of recording and creating and producing, which I think you said you do that yourself. So um, what do you, what do you, what's kind of that approach?
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I don't really, it's, I've been asked so many times, what's my end game for LinkedIn. And so when I first started showing up there, a lot of the content I created was really around the insurance industry, which a lot of people that's, But when people, they're like, they go in and they start, if they're on LinkedIn, they start talking about their industry and things like that, or they want to sell something and they they have this thing in mind. And I didn't really want to sell. I was just trying to share. Uh, So I would talk about a topic that was, you know, like at the time, you know, uh, I think, um they were going to, re- Obamacare was going to be gone and all these things. It was kind of a hot topic. So it was whatever, whatever was going on, I would just create a piece of content with my thoughts and people started to tune in and people started to interact. And it wasn't people just in the industry, but it was people um, outside too, who were just like, Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Or uh, I learned something today. And, and for me, it was like, you know, I guess some weird shot of dopamine that I got. And I was like, <laughs> you know, people, this is cool. I can help. Yeah, uh, and, and and that's really for the last two years. If you watch my content, anybody has been watching my content for two years, I I I don't really even talk about what I do for a living most of the time. It's not yeah. like I'm like, hey, I'm the HR technology guy and you need to buy my stuff. Um, I, I'm I talk about stuff that really happens to me on a day-to-day basis or as I'm running a business or decisions that I've made and you know, more stuff that it's like I think common with That resonates with a lot of people instead of just trying to be niche and and trying to zero in on my ideal target, which is okay. If you want to show up to LinkedIn and you want to look at it as an opportunity to to grow and scale your business, you can do that on LinkedIn. For me, you know, I'm very grateful. I have a very, I have a successful business. So no matter what someone's version of success is, my business is successful. I don't need to sell to LinkedIn. So that was never in my mind was like, well, I need to monetize this or how do I monetize LinkedIn? I, I just, people started to listen and people started to DM me and say nice things and say, it was helpful. And I'm just like, I, I can give, give, give. And I, and that's sort of like what you talked about earlier, the giving thing. It was just like, I'll give more. What else can I give? How can I get one person? That's all that needs to tune in is one person. So that's, that's for, for me, I get that out of LinkedIn um, is some really awesome people, uh, the ability to share my story. And, and of course, great things have come out of it, you know, speaking events, and you know, I've been like, you know, being a guest on, on shows. Um, you know, just a, um, a, a, a uh, show that's been delayed because of COVID, but I'm supposed to be on this uh, TV show that they're doing this uh, kind of reality TV type thing. So um, yeah, I mean, cool stuff. And, and of course, people that I do business with in the industry it's so often, you know, random people too. It's the funniest thing. People are like, Oh, I watch your videos all the time. And I'm like, they're not people that I recognize. It's, you know, the people that are commenting and liking all the time aren't necessarily the people that I'm doing business with. And when someone says, oh, I watch your video, I've been following your journey. I do this, I do that. And I'm just like, cool. This is great because that's, that's proof that the likes and the comments uh, necessarily, I call it the silent viewers. I feel like the people that aren't watching are most likely people that are going to buy from you. <laughs> and, 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 and LinkedIn's really helped me just build. You mentioned the brand; um, you know, people know, like, and trust me. Uh, I'm this. I am. This is me, no matter what. I mean, if you meet yep. me, or you see my video. So I think people have that. They they get to know me through the content, and then they talk to me on the phone, or they do business with me. Or like, I I can trust this guy. Um, and uh, you can, and, and and that's that's what I want
0: i think that you know something you said uh, about kind of the the silent viewer i think that's so helpful for people and it's so hard for people to grasp because they could say well you're getting you're getting a big following uh, and you get a lot of engagement and you have the silent viewer so that's why you keep doing it but i think that people don't really understand how valuable those people are behind the scenes. I mean, just the other day, I was referred to, just happens to be in the insurance industry, Uh, a practice leader for a national benefits firm. And he was referred from one of his colleagues. And when he referred my name over to that guy, that guy goes, oh, I've been watching his videos for years. Yeah, I totally know him. I would love to be introduced to him. And it's so crazy to me because on one hand, I'm thinking, well, why, if you loved it all that time, why did not you just reach out or say something? But on the other hand, it's just creating all of this validation behind the scenes. So then when that opportunity arises, You know, it's there. And so I think that more people need to believe in the fact that if you show up and are consistent and people see you as genuine and they get to know you and like you, that then when that opportunity arises, you know, that will have played such a big part. Um, All that said, uh, do you fear similar, something similar, whether it's cut off, shut down, this Big change in the algorithm, which was act- We've actually seen some pretty big ones, I think, uh, over the last probably six months on LinkedIn. But do you fear the possibility of that happening? And maybe fear is not the best word, but um, you know, is there a concern there? And then, what is, what are you thinking to 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 protect against that from happening? Should that happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I love, I've, I've Facebook. I, I very rarely show up there. Um, Instagram, you know, after my, I, I, I was kind of you know, a little upset with them when they shut my account down. So, you know, I show up a little bit, but now my content and stuff, you know, it's I, I spend some time on there. Uh, but LinkedIn is where my all my attention's at. So, I mean, if LinkedIn made some changes or something, where I mean, a, if it was just went away um, tomorrow, you know, I'd be. I would miss LinkedIn. I would miss the people. I would miss the interaction. I'd miss the the ability to go on there to learn, but also to be able to share. So there would be a piece of that that um, yeah, I, 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 I you know I, I really like. Um, I think the changes that they're making you know they're playing around with some things and seeing what works, what doesn't work. That's definitely known um, a lot of times in my videos now I'll, at the end, I'll tell people to go and hit the reaction button or drop a comment for the algorithm because it does help now. I think, and get comments are really important when people are for, for spreading stuff. And if I want more people to see, I need more people to comment. So uh, all that stuff. Yeah. I think there's changes and we need to adapt. It's, it's, we, it's free. Every day we get to show up to the greatest networking event of our lives for no cost. And it's like, who am I to complain? If they make a change, I've got to learn how to adapt to that change. So as changes happen, um, you know, I'm going to try to do what I can to, to, to pivot and, and and make my adjustments. I mean, like I alluded to earlier, I I think there's coaches and there's other people that built a business around LinkedIn. And if LinkedIn does some things to change that, you know, what is their business going to look like if LinkedIn does that? So, so again, for me, if LinkedIn got shut off tomorrow, I'd miss it. That type of stuff, but business is going to go on, so yeah. it's not going to hurt me financially, um, emotionally. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. miss it, but, <laughs> but yeah. So I just think it's up to me to to learn to adapt and try. I'm always trying new new things. I I check my enge- my engagement, my stats, and all these things. I know like my text posts, my my image posts, my video posts, days of the week, things like that. Um, yeah, and things it has been moving, my profile views aren't as high as they used to be. I noticed the stats. I'm a da- I like data. But um, hey, I, I mean, I'm going to keep showing up. Um, and, and, and the right people, I get awesome people that hit me up all the time. So the right people still see my content, which is great.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, because you have such a good following and I'm not trying to make this all about LinkedIn, but just really thinking about, so you've created this following that really appreciates and values you, what you say, uh, your insight into business in general, and probably just approach to life. I mean, have you considered um, trying to draw people Off platform building, you know, text communities are really big now. There's a little bit there. Uh, Back to traditional email, even print. By the way, like I got a print Amazon catalog the other day, like back to the Sears wish list days. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that are, are you thinking about any other type of community build because you have such a following that people would maybe go off on a regular basis to see you should. some general free platform go away? Yeah.
1: I I mean, those are things that uh, I've I've actually talked to other people about, you know, ways to take some of that attention and and move it to somewhere else where the community piece is big. It's like people, they, yeah, yeah, you've got a, you know, I've got 30,000 people following me on LinkedIn. And then if you start to peel back and see like who is really believes what, what I believe type mentality and wants, you know, really that tribe, you know, they're, they're showing up and they're, they kind of like, you know, they want great things. They want to bring out the best in people. Uh, they want to share experiences, you know, that, that list starts to get really smaller. So how do you attract those people and bring them into a folder? Where it's like, Hey, there's a group of us that all are really trying to do some awesome stuff that group's not going to be 30,000 of my followers. It's going to be very small. Um, so I'm actually, bit, I've been thinking about that with other other people who are kind of in the same you know, vein and saying, hey, how do we get these people to, how do we join, how do we create something that's a little bit more unique and a little bit more special? Um, so yeah, absolutely. Those are things that, because I, I want, not only, even if LinkedIn continues to do what it does, I'd love to have a smaller tight-knit circle of, of people that are really trying to build each other up, really trying to you know share in the same thing and not doing it for any all of, anything other than to just to do the right thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is so hard because everybody says that and few people actually back it up. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So uh, it's been a tough year and yet I know that uh, you have had a pretty good year, you said, in the sense of business has been good. Um, What are your hopes as we turn the corner into 2021? And by the way, I think this podcast will actually go live somewhere probably in the last month of 2020-ish. So this is going to be good insight for people that they want to hear too. Um, I have my own perspective on 2021, but I'm interested to hear kind of what what you think, what you're hopeful for, and what you are encouraged by. I'm. I am
1: very optimistic that 2021 is is going. And, and we're. That 2020 was a good year, even though the, is in a good year is in is business financially. And, and a lot of bad things happened. I think I learned a lot. I I, I think when we look at it, and, and oddly enough, as I'm talking, I remember you made a post the other day, and I said my family's healthy, I'm healthy, things could have been a lot worse. So I really believe that I feel like I look at and and, and and with all things I do now, I look at things that could have been worse, like that little bit of mentality, like there's people that are way off, you know, they made they said something on the news this morning, you know, 30 million people could lose their homes and all these things. Like you hear all these crazy stats. And I'm just like, Man, you know, I, 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 things can, people people are doing way worse than I am. So, so I think when we look at 2020, it was a it was a you know there's a lot of negative that happened. But for for me and my business, the business did really well uh, just because people needed our service more than ever. I think as we move into 2021, we're making some really cool moves that. I think 2021 is going to be another year. It's, we've had year-over-year year growth for the past nine years, um, so that's that's awesome. And, and I think as we continue to do that, as we move into 21, there's things that we need to change as a business. There's things that we've learned. There's different approaches to how you market services. We we had some clients that, you know, it, it's heartbreaking um, to see some of our really big clients that had to do layoffs. And when and and, and companies look at things two ways, I think. Companies that lose clients are like, oh, I lost a revenue, you know, and that's their mentality. They took the hit. Every time, and I'm not just saying this, every time when a a notice came in from a group and they were like, oh, we're doing layoffs, oh, we're closing at the end of the year. I mean, I'll tell you, I'm getting emotional even talking about it. It hits home because I'm thinking about the people, the families, you know, they can't pay their car, they can't buy groceries, they're going into work. We had clients that went from Thousands to hundreds to one of them is like twenty five people. They, I mean, they've lost everything, and um, so so there's a lot of that that happened that you look back and you're like, man, you know, I, I'm, I'm you feel for them, but you also realize that things could have been way worse for you. So as we move into 2021, that that drives me to know that. We're, 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 we're in a good spot. We're going to continue to grow. We need to continue to adapt, you know, where the, the, the things may look different in 2021. And how do we make sure that we're in the best position against our competitors, against the market, against changes, against new, new things that are going to come up that we're not even aware of yet. So, so yeah. So, and I think everyone in any business, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you had a good year you still have to have that mentality because no one planned for COVID in, in January of this year, I spoke at an event for Unum at their national sales conference. We, we were talking about all kinds of cool stuff and what this is going to do. And that's going to do. And a couple of months later it was like, boom, this hit everyone. And then, you know, for the past several months, nothing's happened. So no one, no one knew this was coming, um, yeah. but people people adapted people, people made some changes, you know, some people lost, some people came up with new ideas and, and, and are thriving. And I think that's what we need to, we we're pretty resilient as human beings. And I think that we just need to, we, we, we really need to know that I think anything that happens, is not going to be forever? I think that things, things are short term, even though it feels like it's the end. Yeah. You know, there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel.
0: No, man, I think that's, <clears throat> I think that's so good. And I think, you know, that again, you know, one thing that's so important is as we think about all of the good that happens to us in the midst of all of the struggle in the world around us, uh, obviously, and I don't want to discount the health, the family and the integrity of that, like, that is to me paramount, I know to you that is, you know, absolutely at the top of your list, but I even think professionally, I feel as though this is such an eye awakening opportunity for me. And I hear this in you too, because when you see loss happening and you realize that you are, you're not benefiting because they're losing, but you're benefiting all the while they're, they're losing or they're hurting or they're struggling. It it drives me to say, I know I can affect change. I know that I can encourage people that are struggling personally. From a business perspective, maybe I can lend a better hand. Uh, Maybe even in my own business, maybe I can grow an area. You know, you started a business, you're gonna maybe employ people. So I think that there's just so many ways that we can look at what's happened and say, if we are reaping uh, benefit in a time like this, especially let's take that as an opportunity to look out into the world and say, how else, can I affect positive change? How else can I make a positive impact? So I think, you know, again, it's, it's a, uh, I don't want to say scary, but definitely there's just so much unknown as we turn this corner. And yet at the same time, I'm excited because um, if this is the worst that was going to get thrown at us and we made it to this point, that means that we have the ability to endure and persevere no matter what happens next year. Mm. All right, buddy. So everybody at this point, if they've never heard of you, like if you guys are listening right now and you're not thinking to yourself, like, well, how do I connect to this guy? Like I got to connect to this guy. Uh, So how do they connect to this guy? Yeah, the easiest
1: way and where I'm most active for sure be on LinkedIn. Um, So it's just search my name, Frank Mendert, M-E-N-G-E-R-T. I'll, pop up there and um if you're listening in here just k- hit the connect button say say you, you heard you heard the message here um i'll be sure to accept it uh, always send a personal note that's just a side thing i would i would say that if you're looking to connect with somebody but um yeah that linkedin is my my really my jam um i mean i'm on like i said instagram and facebook but most of my content and my sharing and my interaction is uh it's going to be there
0: yeah. And we'll make sure as always to, to drop that in the show notes. So you can just click that link. You can follow him there. Um, dude, again, I got to tell you, uh, there are, there are few people that I know, uh, in the sense of, you know, we're not best friends. We're not hanging around every single day together. So there's few people that I know at a distance that I just so deeply, uh, care for because of the way they are. And I I just I so feel that way about you. I mean, I just again I respect who you are. I respect the way that you've personally impacted me. I respect the way that you honestly approach who you are to other people, trying to help other people to affect them positively. There's always a positive message on the shirt or, you know, on, in a video. And I know that's not you just pandering to the motivational speaking crowd. Like that's really Mm. who you are. And so again, I just appreciate you. I thank you so much for being you and for being connected. I just, you, you have definitely impacted me in a lot of ways. So thanks, man. I appreciate it.
1: Nah, man. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, And it's been been an honor. You asked some really awesome questions. So uh, really, really great that we got this done and uh, can't wait for it to be released.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, make sure to connect with Frank. Uh, I've talked him up enough. You got to believe me. He's a great guy to be connected to, to follow, to learn more about. And if you're in the insurance business and uh, you have not explored what Frank and EBM have to offer, you're crazy. So make sure you check him out there too. Um, Other than that, questions, comments, feedback, anything that you can think of feel free to fire away. I'm open to whatever it is that you got to say. But in the meantime, no matter what else you do, be you. Peace. Thank you for listening to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with others. To connect with Ryan and learn more, visit ryanjamesmiller.com.